Hi, this is John Ruland of Spider Goat Games, and you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Welcome back, John. It's uh, good to have you on again. Thank you. Good to be back. So you guys have a, a Kickstarter going right now. You've got an expansion for your uh, martial art card game. But before we talk about that, you, you've got an interesting Kickstarter strategy. You decided to just like take a vacation in the middle of the Kickstarter. Yeah, I went to Canada. It, uh, I schedule it in such a way. I have a you know bunch of sort of trips I have to schedule around this Kickstarter. And uh, the, the nice... Well, could could be nice, could be annoying things about Kickstarter is um, that in the middle, um, after about five days, uh, everything dies down a lot. So mm-hmm. I made sure that, um, was it about uh, like seven or eight days into the Kickstarter was when I went. So everything everything went fine with that. <clears throat> cool. So no, uh, no stress then for... Uh... Well, you guys funded in five hours too. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, are we going to make it? Or are we not going to make it? Like yeah. it dropped and it was, you, you turn around, it was funded already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After, um, after a little bit of experience with, with Kickstarter so far, um, kind of, kind of tell that, um, I mean, yeah, mostly what you want to be around for is interacting with backers. Someone has a question, someone sends you a message, whatever. So after, after a few days that goes down to a very small trickle. Okay. I got you. <laughs> And uh, do you guys sort of like tag team Kickstarter stuff, uh, you know, because there's a few of you at, at Spider Goat Games there, or is that like, is that your specific task or one, you know, someone's specific task yeah, to kind of go through that? That's mostly my task, um, but everyone, of course, supports me in that. Um, Danielle, our artist, um, has been supplying me, you know, I'll say, hey, uh, well, we're doing these things where we, uh, we have this art that we want our backers to vote on. And so I'll say, um, like, hey, can you, can you get me a um, a mock-up of these two art pieces right next to each other with an A and a B, and and she'll she'll put that together. And then of course everyone else is sort of um, they help to find the artwork that we use, um, find the best ones to compare to to show our backers and, and things like that. And there's plenty of other things too that they do. Cool. And and Daniel did the art for the original martial art game. Yeah, she did all the graphic design. Yep. And yeah. I think it came out very, very well. Especially yeah, with uh, the font and uh, just uh, the swooshes with the, with the, for the numbers. They just they really help set the, set the tone very, very well. Yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful it's a beautiful card set. If, it, if anybody doesn't have it, head over to uh, Spider Go Games. Check it out. There's links in the show notes for all the stuff. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of fun. And, and actually, uh, you know, in support of the Kickstarter, you guys ran a, a martial art tournament up at, uh, up at the Tucson mall here locally. We had, um, had about a dozen people show up for that and, and participate. And, um, one of us here won that. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, you won that tournament and you had to do a very nail biting playoff round against Julian, poor Julian, who lost to you by one point in each of his games. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, was, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was great. It was really fun to watch too. Um, just sort of being there and watching the decisions everyone was making. Yeah. Um, are is that the only one that you're doing over the Kickstarter? Or was that like just one big one big event? Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing we got going on. But um, it was a ton of fun. So we'll probably do more in the future. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was nice to see a bunch of people turn out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you guys created martial art originally, was, was there always sort of an expansion in mind or is this kind of come around organically as you've, you know, kind of played it over the you know last two years? Well, it's kind of come around organically. Um, we didn't really expect to do, well, first of all, we didn't expect the game to be as popular as it is. Uh, we knew it was great. Um, but the thing that really turned people on to it was the, the art. And we, we were originally just going to, um, going to have Danielle do the artwork, but then we found 
we, we thought like, hey, why don't we make this, you know, we use public domain art. And um, the Japanese art that was out there was just so amazing. And there's so much of it um, that we that we we had a lot to choose from. And then um, we just we didn't expect that there'd be so much enthusiasm for a game that sort of whose purpose is to showcase um, or at least on the surface is to showcase this historic art. And of course, underneath it's, it's very strategic, but a lot of people really, really like that, that style of artwork and the history behind it. Now, is, the, is there, is that a particular style? Uh, yeah, it's um, Yukioe art uh, or Yukio. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Um, and it's, um, it's woodblock style. So there are many sort of a, sort of a printing press type of idea, but um, there are different prints that can be done with it, different colorations based on the, on the print you're doing. And there are many different prints and colors out there for a lot of the art pieces we've used. <clears throat> it, it is a very striking, striking style. And, uh, you know, for me, like just the, that Asian theme for games, like so many games on my shelves, that just kind of fit that bill. And some of it is just because of the art or maybe the components you get like little, you know, the, you know, coins or, you know, different things that sort of, you know, showcase that style. Like for me, it's just, it's almost an immediate purchase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what gets you to look at a game in the first place. Um, you know, you, you, you see sort of, Oh, you know, this one's about, this one's about Japan. Okay. All right. That's, that's cool. What's, um, what's the game actually play like? And that's, that's the secondary thing you look at. Mm-hmm. So for example, abstract games are not, um, there, there are some people who really, really like abstract games, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they are actually not a, a very, um, they're not as popular as, as the other styles of games. So um, a big reason for that is that um, there's just the theme, just no, no real theme in abstract games. So that's the theme is really what interests people to begin with. Now, do you think that's a difference between if we can use, you know, Ameritrash versus Euro sort of thing, or like more of an American, you know, play style as opposed to like traditional, you know, European games, is that, you, is there that distinction that we're that we're discussing as far as like our market? Um, it it, it could be. Uh, I think I think um, the the different styles are popular all over the world now. Um, so I I think in the American market there does seem to be a lot of that sort of um, that sort of more thematic game style. That sort of Hollywood type type of type of gaming style. But they're so intermingled now that that I feel like Euro like Euro game and Ameritrash are just sort of they're they're just sort of uh, game descriptors now instead of actual like ge- geographical things. Sure, sure. Now, do do you find yourself also being pulled towards theme like when you're looking at a game on the shelf, or do you you know as a designer are you like all right, cool, I get it. It's you know it's an Oriental theme you know, what, what's the play? Like, what am I getting into? You just kind of like dig right into the crunch. Well, I mean, I've played enough bad Ameritrash games to, <laughs> to, to, to realize that it takes more than theme to make a game good. And the flip side, I've played enough, enough soulless Euro games that, you know, you need a good theme in order to really care about the game. At least I do. So, um, so it's kind of, I've really sort of struck this balance in, in between because you can have a, you can have a game that's all theme. I better not name any names, but uh, oh, do it. Do it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Android, and they just play so. <laughs> they just they just play so so awkwardly, and uh, they're they're just so unwieldy that it's um, you know after after you know three or four hours of it, you're like, eh, okay, well, this they should have built this game more with more uh, mechanics in mind than just the theme. Sure, sure. Um, and do you want to you want to uh, give us a little bit of a rundown on on how martial art plays for anybody who may be unfamiliar with with what we were originally talking about? Yeah, so martial art is just based on uh, the game War. Um, you have you have two to four players who are competing for lands that come out. You need to capture a certain number of lands to win the game, and you you have a hand of cards, and you and you you play one card every every battle. Rounds are called battles. And then you flip them all at the same time, and whoever's the highest number wins. So that's that's where war. That's where it's like war. 
but almost every single card has a unique ability on it. Uh, for example, an assassin strength five will kill a battle card of strength uh, 10 or higher by setting its strength to zero. So it's sort of this um, rock, paper, scissors sort of thing. But you can also sort of plan your plan your hand, um, build up your hand, or um, play support cards in support of um, the card you played if you're just a little bit behind and, and things like that. Cool. All right. Um, I, are you guys going to be at RingCon this year? We're 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 getting close to the uh, to the time now. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to be running martial art, but we're. I think most of us are going to go to RingCon. Love RingCon. Okay, you're, so you're not not committed to to running anything yet. Yeah, not committed. I mean, I guess if there's enough interest, we could we could do another tournament or something. That'd be fun. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> I'd be in for that. Yeah, yeah. If we could get at least eight people or so, um, we probably could. Yeah. Cool. All right. That'd, that'd be a lot of fun to do. All right, uh, but other than that, you're looking just to go and, and enjoy and play some games. Yeah, yeah, just go and play some games. Uh, is sign up available yet? I don't think so. Uh, no, I tried to log in and it wouldn't let me. I was apoplectic. I couldn't. <laughs> I bought my ticket. I went to log in. It said, "Oh, this this is not associated with this email." I'm like, "What the hell?" So I oh. emailed. He's like, "Oh yeah, it's not. It's not live yet. Like I have to put in the the Eventbrite codes and like set up yeah, the system early because uh, all the good games fill up quickly." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Do you, I don't know if I've ever asked this before. Do you play RPG games or no? I do, yeah, a little bit. Um, we're running, you run a D&D cam, campaign right now. I'm the dungeon master. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I always love those games. Are you doing 5th uh, edition? What's that? Are you doing 5th? Yeah, 5th edition. Not super into heavy role playing, um, but, you know, moderate role play and... and you know, a decent amount of character maximizing, character power gaining. <laughs> you have a table full of murder hobos then? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Um, I, well, I guess we should probably talk about <laughs> talk about the, the Kickstarter, right? So you, you guys are fully funded, uh, five hours fully funded. You guys have, have uh, hit your second stretch goal, at least uh, as of earlier today. You guys had cleared 7,000? Yeah. So over seven. Yeah, Sweet. so that's actually cool. That second stretch goal is for a new legend card art. It's sort of, um, it's just sort of a, a nice um, sort of bridge between the first stretch goal, which was cool. Um, you know, there's a few updated cards, and then the ten thousand dollar stretch goal, which is the the big tuck box that everyone wants that'll hold both the uh, base game and expansion and sleeves. Um, oh, nice. Just thought it'd be cool to have something in between there. And there's so much great, great art out there. You know, the more we can get out to people, the better. Yeah, yeah. And and the new and and for battlefields, uh, what we're looking at is as terrain and weather cards that are going to be added to the game. You want to explain how all that stuff works? Yeah, that's right. So in um, in basic martial art, there are cards called support cards, which can be played. Um, when it says on the card. So if you flip your card and you have a 9 and the other guy has a 10, you can play a Cavalry, which will boost your strength by 1 and raise that to 10. So um, terrain is a little bit like that. It's you, you, you play it before the battle, face up, and it does something to sort of modify the battle, um, hopefully in your favor. So, like for example, you have, um, you have the card Swamp where you play it, and you declare a number. Like say you plan to play a legend, which is 13, and you don't want to be assassinated. So you play Swamp, and you say, no fives. No fives are allowed to be played. Um, assassin, of course, being number five. And so then, um, however, what you can do there is um, with, with that terrain card, it says no other player may play a, may play a five. So you can then bluff and say, or, or and play, actually play a five, and everyone else not expecting there to be any fives might play cards that can be hit by your assassin. Seen that happen several times. One one guy hit three other people with it. Very cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And then the other mechanic is weather. Um, weather is sort of this random effect that stays out until it's replaced by more weather. So you shuffle it into the land deck, and when you play... Um, 
So depending on the size of the game, you're going to draw either one or two lands. And if you draw a weather, you put it into play. And it for um, a good example is snow. Um, snow is a weather that says when you win a land, you must discard cards equal to the point value of that land. So it gives you this sort of interesting um, cost-benefit analysis. Uh, so if you know there's a three-point land out there, is it worth spending a powerful card to get it and discarding three other cards? Um, so just kind of interesting things um, to modify the game and give you a few more sort of um, interesting decisions to make. Yeah, that, that snow card is brutal. I came out in one or two of the games that I was in in the tournament. It's like, oh, just, just take it. <laughs> just yeah. take it. And uh, it, the, the cool thing about weather in that regard is they, they really feel thematic. You know, you, you don't want to... Like it's it's snowy out. You don't want to charge your troops through the through the snow. You know they're all high from exposure, sort of sort of thing. So, um, and there's uh, you know brisk winds is sort of the supply ships are, are coming in. It gives you an extra card when you play supplies. Um, drought, you you discard down to six after every battle because you know it's it's too hot for you to muster a huge army. Um, you can't supply them all with water. It's just. It, 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 it feels, and then of course the art makes it look really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's subtle too. Like you you know you describe it like oh cool that totally makes sense. But like as you you know like as you're just kind of going through it like maybe you don't you know pick that up right away. But it, it's such a, a cool uh, you know synergy of of art mm-hmm. and game mechanics and and you know the the weather stuff. It's just it's really cool to see that. Yeah, I think actually one of my favorite effects is high ground coupled with a new card. Um, well, I think we're going to call it Tanagashima. That was actually subject to some debate. It's currently called Ar- Arquebusier. It's basically a musket. So um, early firearms are very random. So the idea is um, that, that card has a random effect, but it's a, it's a strength 15, and, and the high ground cancels. Um, if you play a high ground, a terrain card, it'll cancel the effect of your battle card if it's strength 10 or higher. Hmm. So you have troops sort of shooting down the hill onto the enemy below you. Um, from your your high ground and your arquebus here, so it, it's it's just a really cool to imagine what's going on. Mm-hmm. And and it's you know now becomes the most powerful card in the deck, even better than the you know w- what before was the legend card. You know right. now you've always got to be wary for you know does mm-hmm. somebody pull fifteen out? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you have a fourteen and you play high ground. Um, well, I guess it doesn't actually. It only, only affects you, but um, yeah, there's 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 so many things to to look out to look out for now. It makes your decisions even more interesting than they were than they were before. And, and to kind of follow up on that theme, one of the new cards, the Outrider, uh, you know, cancels that that weather effect, which which makes sense, right? Like you're you know you're sending troops out ahead, they're scouting the terrain, they're yeah. you know looking to see what the weather is and all that stuff, and it's just a very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, very yeah. cool way to kind of develop that. Yeah, there are, there are lots of lots of very powerful ways that card can be played. It doesn't have a, a great use for most of the game, but sometimes you play it for something that's really really powerful. Uh, for example, there's um, if your opponent plays swamp and says no playing any any fives, no assassins, and you save that you save that outrider card, and then you reveal and you have a five, and you cancel the effect. Suddenly, you've assassinated his legend. So it's, it's, it, it can be very, very powerful. And it's also very, very thematic. Yeah. Um, and then with the, with the first stretch goal, some of the uh, original cards from the base game. Now we're going to get uh, a little bit of a, of a spit shine. You want to talk about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the first one was Geisha. That one um, was not part of the stretch goal. It's included in the um, expansion by default. Um, that card is very, very interesting. However, it's it's way too powerful. It's by far the most powerful card in the game. So what we did is we broke that into two cards. One, two. Um, so so what the Geisha does is it says you can you can play it at any time to cancel the effect of a battle or support card. So we've split that into two effects. Let's say you can one's one is called Geisha. The other one's called Tekemochi. A Tekemochi is sort of a male version of a Geisha. Um, and what the geisha, the new geisha does is it cancels a battle card. Those are the ones you play face down. 
And then the Taikamoji cancels a support card. Those are the white cards that you play sort of to, to boost your strength or, or do whatever. And um, not only was this um, an improvement to the gameplay or the balance of the game, um, it, it also made your decisions more interesting um, because the old Geisha was just so flexible. You could just sort of play it and hold on to it and play it whenever. But the, the, the new ones, you have to really plan ahead. So, all right, so that's, so that's Geisha. The other ones are, um, they're, they're more, much more minor, but we just wanted to tweak them a little bit. First one was Emperor. Um, Emperor is a 12-strength battle card that says, previously said, um, if you have the highest strength after battle, then the player with the lowest strength draws a land from the land deck. Um, so we want, we want to change that one because it was too random. Um, just sort of whoever happens to play supplies that turn gets gets a free land that could be the person in first place. Um, so we changed it to the uh, the player or players with the lowest or the fewest land points get to draw a land card. So it's not only does it make um, that card sort of less random and more likely to be played, it's also a, can, a nice little catch-up mechanic. So if, if you're behind, you have three points. Everyone else has you know eight or nine. And you, you get a two or three point land from that. All of a sudden, you're back in it. Yep. Um, and in fact, you could you could both win a land that battle and get a free land. So it's a it's a small catch up mechanic. Um, the next one is Shogun. What Shogun said before was uh, again, it's twelve strength. Emperor and Shogun are sort of this tandem of strength twelve. No other. There's not no other number in the game has has multiple copies, but. Um, uh, strength 12, it says if you do not win a land after battle, you have to shuffle your highest point land into the back into the land deck. Um, and what we found was that no one no one would play that card after you know the first right. <laughs> So um so um what we changed it to was if you do not win a land, you shuffle a land back into the land deck. So you know if you have a strength one land card, it's not nearly as risky. So, you know, you can play that strength 12 to go for for a high point land. And, you know, if you don't win, whatever, you, you, lose, you lose one point. Not, not a huge deal. Right. Um, it, makes, it makes the one point land cards that much more valuable. You know, because a lot of times, like I know when I play, like, oh, it's a one point, take it. I'll play supplies. I'm going to start to build up my hand. But now you're like, oh, well, I have a two and a three and a two. Well, shit, well, maybe I want to fight for it because when I play this emperor, I don't want to lose two points, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's it, it, um, it. And going back to what you said about making the one point lands better, um, for we, we we have we have ideas we've been toying with for future expansions because this one turned out so well. And and um, one one of the ones where we'd like to do is sort of a land based expansion where there's cool things you can do with land and especially you know one point lands. So um, so yeah, that's that's a that's a thing on the horizon as well. Sweet. Yeah, there's. I mean, it, it, like I said, we 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 didn't plan this game to be modular and to be so expandable. But there there is there's just a ton you can do with it. Um, surprisingly, you know, the very very simple rules. I mean, you can teach the game in you know two three minutes. Right. Um, and it's it's quite expandable. Um, but but yeah, the the last two cards we we changed were actually land cards whose effects um, we basically never saw their effects. Um, there's one that says, there's one about um, discarding your hand and drawing a new hand. Um, we expanded that from the, the winner of the battle to anybody. So that you'll, we'll, we'll see that more often and um, people can sort of dump their hands and go for the aggressive strategy more. Um, and then the other one was Kyoto. So this one we, it said, Previously, it said if you're after battle, if your strength was seven or higher, you have to discard two uh, cards. So this one is a little bit more subtle. We changed it to strength eight or higher. Um, what this does is it, uh, it makes scout a lot better. Um, and actually, there's a there's a weather in in the new expansion that is strength eight or higher as well that also makes scout scout much better. So in in multiplayer games, especially scout was discarded more than any other card because it just wasn't that useful. So now with scout, you can you can get around that weather, you can get around Kyoto, and and still have the highest strength of any card. 
And um, you can also, it's the highest card you can play for Archer. So oh, Archer and Ninja. So that makes Scout a lot better. And hopefully we'll see, we already have seen it played a lot more in our own playtesting. Right. Yeah, it makes it it's so much better. I was I was hoping we were going to play the tournament with with the new <laughs> with the new expansion. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, this set like cuz then you got to try to hold on to a, a number 6, which would be your raider card. And you're yeah. like, well, hopefully when that land comes up, I'll play the 6 and maybe somebody plays the supplies and right. you know everything'll be fine cuz they're like, ah oh, crap, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah, I I wanted to play it um to play the tournament with the expansion, but we we uh we didn't have enough prototypes, and we would have had to, you know, print and sleeve six decks or so. So, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, maybe if we get um, if we get our we get our cards by RingCon, then maybe we'll do a try a tournament there with the expansion. That'd cool, be cool. Yeah. Well, and uh, so I guess uh, we should say too that um, you know the the Kickstarter will end uh, I guess about the middle of this month or towards the end of the month. But you guys are looking to to ship and have a product out the door in November, like super quick turnaround. Yeah, um, it's 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 very quick. It's it, it's so simple. It's just a deck of cards with a tuck box and um, a tuck box and rule sheet. So um, you know, last time we did it. Um, it took about what, about three months from the end of maybe even less from the end of funding to get uh, to ship everything to our backers. So that's what we're anticipating again. So let's see here. What was that September, October? Yeah, three another three months. So that's I think that's a pretty reasonable time frame. Cool. Very quick. Yeah, um, one thing about these simple simple games is they're they're quick to finish. Does anybody ever comment on that? Uh, you know, like you know, through the Kickstarter questions or anything like that. Like, are you sure you you know three months? Oh, that's crazy! Three months. Oh uh, well, so not 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 this time, but um, <laughs> originally <laughs> for the original martial art, we um, we were we we had a company that charged. They they were very very fast to print to print the cards, but they charged a lot of money. And so um, we originally had a expectation of one month <laughs> to ship everything to people. Wow. And so we, we sort of switched mid-campaign um, to a different printer, and we, we, we asked our backers if, if they thought that was okay because we wanted, to, we, um, we wanted to print more decks at a lower cost and give them 18 more cards. So, um, you know, they, uh, they, everyone was, was very supportive of that. That was, that was, very, that was very great. So I think we did originally have a couple questions of, you know, <laughs> are you sure you can get this out in a month? <laughs> Which is very fair. Right, right. Yeah, because sometimes, I mean, you know, you you know, purchase something and, you know, forget, and, you know, you get an update, you know, well, you're like, oh, crap, I forgot I backed that thing. And then, you know, yeah. like a year later, you get a package oh, yeah. in the mail and you're like, oh, shit, that's oh, right. Yeah. I wanted <laughs> <laughs> this thing, I was excited about this a long time ago. Right, right. <laughs> I did have one game that never came. That was that was disappointing. Ah, it sucks. Uh, it was called Maze Master. I was really looking forward to that one. That one looked really fun. Was was there any resolution? I mean, did they just like grab the cash and go? Did, did... no the the guy sort of um, it was his first Kickstarter and he didn't realize everything that was going to be required of him afterward. Didn't realize the workload, and he sort of he he ran out of money after after a while. And um, what, what happened is some other company, I think, picked up the game and uh, mailed the games out to as many backers as they could, which is about two-thirds of them. It was UK-based, so the ones in North America were sort of the last to get, to get their games, and I did not. So, um, I mean, it, it, it happens, happens right? I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So I'm lucky so far. <laughs> I haven't had anything that's crapped out on me yet. Yeah, that's the only one I've had out of I don't know 20 or 30 games that I've backed for you know the full pledge amount I back a lot of them just to follow them because I'm I'm curious about how they do things obviously from a creator standpoint sure sure that's cool now have you always been a gamer uh, growing up did you know family play games and stuff like that or, or what kind of got you involved in the whole whole process yeah, um, pretty much always been a gamer, starting with simple games like Monopoly and Risk, and then moving on to things like Axis and Allies. Played with my dad when I was, you know, maybe twelve, and then got into more sort of more modern games um, later on. Around fourteen, I got into Warhammer. I thought that was 
really, really cool because growing up on Lord of the Rings, you know, it's like, right, right, <laughs> and dwarves and orcs, and, and then just sort of expanded from there. Met more people who, who like these hobby games and just can't get enough of them. Well, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm not sure that, that you know, but um, Seth Jaffe was organizer for the Tucson, you know, gaming group, you know, huge gaming group in Tucson. Um, mm-hmm. he, he stepped down. Has that fallen apart or is that still together? Do you know? Um, I don't know. Um, I'm not involved with Saga. I don't, is that what you're talking about? No, there was a, a meetup group in, in Tucson that he was, uh, I guess, organizer for. And um, I guess he had stepped down and I didn't see anybody get, you know, sort of take up the mantle as organizer for meetup. Because we had, I think yeah. there was like 1,800 people in the in the Tucson oh, wow. meetup. Something like that. No, I haven't. haven't you're talking about meetup.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't used meetup.com in a, in a long time. But you know, I mostly have a group of people I play with, and you know, whatever friends they bring, and and things like that. So I'm not sure what happened with that. I'm sure Seth has a lot to a lot on his plate right now. I think he think he just um just had his first kid. Yeah, his wife said maybe I think about yeah. a month ago. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, so. I'll, I'll take up a little bit of his time. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I'd asked you before, but do you do, you do any playtesting at, at the local stores that we have here? And, you know, Tucson has a, a fairly rich uh, hobby uh, scene, I guess, gaming scene. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if we're playtesting something, anyone who wants to come and join up is uh, certainly more than welcome to try. Um, and, you know, as far as playtesting other things, I don't go to any sort of formal unpub events, but... Uh, you know, a friend has a game they want to uh, try out. Um, you know, we'll do it. There's there's one guy I know um, who's been working on a game of his for a couple of years now, and he's you know I've I've played many different iterations of it, and um, it's a it's a fun thing to do if if someone's got an interesting game, sort of help them and and watch it grow. Cool, cool. Um, have, so for, for spider go games specifically, are you, well, what's your like overall philosophy? Are you looking at, uh, generally speaking, uh, smaller, lighter games as, as like a production focus as opposed to like a big heavy Euro style game? Yeah, we, yeah, we don't want to do anything big right now. It's sort of working our way up to things that, um, that are more within our, our, well, our realm of ability mark within our ability to control right now, because, you know, we're not really, uh, I mean, we do this on the side. It's not our, it's not our job. Um, and we, our very first game gangster dice was actually much more complicated production wise than martial art. And that was, that was, a that was sort of more than we should have taken on at first. So, Okay. We want to we want to move on and, and do bigger and bigger games as we go, but um, we got to make sure that um, everything we do is sort of everything bigger we do is just sort of incremental, incrementally bigger, like a small amount bigger than 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 our previous largest thing, so we don't screw anything up. Because you know, if something goes wrong, and let's say we have a game that raises fifty thousand dollars on Kickstarter, and then we made all these promises, it turns out you know we're, we're not. And we weren't experienced enough to either calculate the costs or not. We just can't keep the promises for some for some reason, and that's really really bad. So we we don't want to take on more than we can realistically handle. Sure. But we do um, we do want to make more complicated games. Yeah. Okay. Just slow. You got to build up to it. <laughs> Well, and part of it too, I guess, is laying that foundation too. Where you get the context, you know, through China. If you're going to do, you know, something that's got a lot of parts or minis or dice and like all yeah. that other stuff, you've got to kind of get all that stuff down. And mm-hmm. and particularly communicating with people in China about these things is it's very spotty. So um, not only is it different time zones, and you're not really going to talk to them on the phone or or anything, but um, they may not really understand what you mean because their English might not be great. You know, obviously. I don't speak Chinese, so <laughs> right. yeah, I appreciate that they do speak English. But yeah, I, I mean that's that's the weird thing, right? Like Eng- English is the the language of business across the world. Like it everywhere is, yeah. but here, they speak other languages, and we're like, nope. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just- yeah, that's why a lot of Europeans will say you know, Americans only know one language. Like, well, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nice. 
you you would think that with all the all the games and all the the, the pieces and parts and everything that are uh, you know purchased from China, especially for for games and things like that, that you know they would have you know people on point that were fluent or you know more conversant. I, I would think. Yeah, I mean they're 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 pretty good, um, but I think the the board game industry is not not big enough compared mm-hmm. to a lot of other industries to get the the really good sort of customer relations people. So that could have something to do with it. Sure. That's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys, do you guys have anything uh, going on other than, than the Battlefields Kickstarter? So if you have in the wings you're working on? Yeah, we have a game we're working on that's been designed by Adrian. Uh, well, we got a couple games actually. So the, the first one, um, so Dark, Dark Web was the game that we didn't, we failed to publish last year. And we've been retheming that into a haunted house game. And, um, <laughs> The art looks. Um, Danielle's doing the art, and it looks. It looks. It looks awesome. Um, very, very cool. So we're we're working on that. We're gonna relaunch it at some point um, in the not so distant future. And then Adrian has has come up with a a small card game um, that's called Divorce Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically a game where it's a two player game <laughs> where you. Uh, you you have a bunch of things and you split them up and you try to uh, split them up to your advantage and the person who who gets the most out of the divorce is the winner. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a very very funny dark humor sort of game, and we think it'll well it it's been a lot of fun. It's you know we we did a we did a test of it on Monday with uh, the fully fully updated. Um, theme of the game like it's the first time that the theme really came together as divorce simulator and it was it was just hilarious so that <laughs> one's great oh, i'm gonna have to get that one <laughs> yeah it should be I mean, we, we kind of figured that you know um, a game called divorce simulator would would immediately be um it would draw some eyes <laughs> so we, yeah. we did the best we could to uh to theme it around around that theme cool so yeah it'll, it'll be tons of fun Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the uh, I think uh, last time you were on, uh, you had a different haunted house game uh, that you guys were working on, Monster House or or something to that effect. Yeah, is that still cool. sort of? Yeah. Um. So the 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 thing is, so there were there were there are two things that went into this new new haunted house game. Um, there was Dark Web, and then there was that other haunted house game I mentioned mm-hmm. before. That was, okay. So they just kind of merged them together. Yeah, yeah, that game um, was fun. It was just hard to make it work well because it had a mechanic that was very, very um, experimental. You would you would draw a card and you you would try to communicate information by saying a word um, in you know like uh, say your your word was water. You'd say water. You know, if it was a ghost. <laughs> So it was it was kind of it was kind of kind of funny. It's kind of fun to play, it was, but it was it was very very hard to to make it work well. Um, so we we sort of took that theme and applied it to dark web and have updated the game accordingly, and it's it's turned out turned out very very well. So that's what happened to that game. Cool, cool. Uh, you know, with, with, uh, you know, a smaller company, you know, Kickstarter is obviously imperative and in success. Cause you're not just going to like go out and be like, Oh shit, we're going to purchase like 10,000 units and I'll stick them in my garage. Yeah. What's the, what's <laughs> the, what's the sweet spot? Um, you know, as far as like planning, like what, at what point do you feel like, you know, maybe there's some saturation of like, you know, can we do two games this year? Should we try to do one game every quarter? Like, or is that something you're, you're still kind of, you know, sort of playing that by ear as you go along? Well, it's, it's just sort of whenever we get the games ready to, uh, to, to kickstart is, is, is about how often we want to do it. And so far that's been, uh, only once, once a year so far, but. Um, I think we're we're at a position where we're probably going to do two or three in the in the next twelve months. Hmm. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do that. Busting and, it out. Yeah, I mean, you know, one a month probably. People get tired of getting the <laughs> letter from us like, oh, our, you know, game game eleven is on Kickstarter. You know, <laughs> uh, two or three, two or three a year. Yeah, ideally. 
Now, as someone who backs a lot of Kickstarters, do you feel like there's, are, have we reached the point of saturation with with board games and stuff on Kickstarter? Because, I mean, as gamers, like, we're collectors, right? So, like, there's always something new coming out. There's some new mechanic or new designer or, you know, whatever. Like, there's just like, oh, give me that. Give me this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, people have been saying that for years. And I thought, you know, I thought myself that, we would reach saturation point at some point, but uh, the tabletop game, I, mean, I think last year Kickstarter's revenue actually shrank a little bit for the first time ever, but the tabletop game section still increased by about 20%. <laughs> so, I mean, it's showing no signs of slowing down for tabletop games. Um, certainly has for video games, but, but I mean, who, who knows? You know, the board game market has been exploding ever since people realized that you know, you can make good games, you know, that aren't just Monopoly or Risk or something that, that have like, cool mechanics and interesting pieces. Um, so, yeah, it just, it just just depends on the growth of the, the overall board game market. Kickstarter feels like it's here to stay in that regard. Yeah, I think so, right? I mean, it's, it's sort of the lifeblood for, the, you know, these smaller design yep. companies. You know, a lot of people are doing it, you know, just part-time, you know, as a, as a side mm -hmm. hustle. So Yeah, not only is it... Um, is it a big thing for the small market guys, um, companies, but also uh, I think the thing that's really giving it, um, really making it a part, an integral part of the game industry is, is that the big guys are getting into it too. Um, there's one Kickstarter going right now called, uh, I think, what was it Caverns Deep by Dwarven Forge? It's just, it's just this terrain um, Kickstarter and it's, you know, it's probably gonna raise at least $2 million. And what that does is it, it brings people into Kickstarter and then, you know, the, they, well, they're there. It might be the first time backing something and they might look around and say, see, oh, wow, look at all this other cool stuff. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's the thing that's really made it an integral part of the, the gaming world is that the, the big companies have come to launch projects on it too, seeing how, how useful it is. <clears throat> I think some of them too, they almost use it as a, uh, you know, like cool mini or not. It's almost just like a pre-order system now. Like how many of these yeah. things have we got to publish? <laughs> yeah, it, it is for, for the big guys. It, it certainly is um, for the, the little guys. Um, it's, you can, you, I was actually talking to the other SGG people today, today about this. You can, you can still have that sort of, um, you know, this is, you know, my, Oh, this is my first game ever. And, you know, I need, I need to make it. Uh, I mean, any money to make it, you know, it's not going to get printed otherwise. Um, I think the only thing that's really changed from the start of Kickstarter in that regard is that you have to make your project page look really, really good. So, you know, it's, you know, we're, there's no more, you know, I have this idea for a game, you know, I write it out on a napkin, like, no, no, you can't do that. But, but you, you can still definitely just as easily as, bef as before, probably even more, you're more, more able to do that now. Um, you know, get your first game launched through Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. I, I feel it's it's not. I guess it used to be kind of like you know proof of concept. Like hey, I have like you said, I have an idea. You mm -hmm. know, this is kind of what I want to do. Help me do it. Now it's like, yeah. no, I I it's I have to. I, I need the money to print it. But like it's done. Like here's the rules. Here's the like I've got art commission and everything. It's not like hey, I have an idea. Right, right. <laughs> We've moved yeah. past that now. You have to have a game that's that's done. Like not only yet you have to have it look amazing. Um, or, you know, your, your page has to look good. That's look convincing. Uh, it also has to, you know, you have to have a, a game ready. And, you know, I mean, honestly, there's no reason you, you, you shouldn't have the, the game, you know, design 90% complete because, I mean, it costs, like, how much how much you need to spend on, on like, craft supplies to, to, to make a board game, right? And to test, right. You know, 50 bucks, 100 maybe tops. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like um, that's... It's, it seems fine, you know, that you should have your game basically done by the time you launch on Kickstarter. You know, there's there's not really much preventing anyone from from doing that, um, for at least having a polished game. Now, now, now the uh, the presentation is another thing that might cost you some money. You might uh, spend some money on some art to make your project page look good, but you know, you can you can have a you can make a great game. Anyone can make a great game with very little money. Mm -hmm. That's true. So go out there and make games, right? <laughs> yeah, make, make games, make them good. Uh, yeah, make make great games and keep keep pushing the industry forward. Do you have aside from that little nugget? Do you have any advice to give to people who 
you know, might be interested in, and in, you know, trying to get into this and, and design their own games? Uh, well, it's okay. Well, what here, here's the advice I'll give. It's, it's easy to design a game. Anyone can design a game. Um, what's, you know, it, how good it is, you know, depends on that's, that's not the important part. You can make a really, really good game. Anyone can, anyone can do that. Um, it might take you a long time if it's a really, really good game, but not anyone can actually publish the game. So that's where the, that's where the real secret is. Um, not really secret. That's where all the real work is because, you know, it doesn't matter how great your game is if no one knows about it. So learn how to Kickstarter. It's very, very important. Learn how to get people looking at your game. <clears throat> I mean, that, that that's an art unto itself now. There's so many rules. Don't launch on this day and you have to launch after this time. And mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, the most important thing is to get as many people looking at it as you can. That's, that's the number one thing. So you got, if you, if you figure out how to do that, then, you know, you can, you can make your, you know, you can spend a year making your amazing game and, and then you can launch your Kickstarter, but it doesn't matter if you spend a year or five years making your amazing game, making it the best game there is. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. There are, there are thousands, tens of thousands of games are designed every year. Um, and no one will ever know how good most of them are because they don't they don't get the the eyeballs on them. So that's that's the main thing. Mm -hmm. And and that starts well before when you'd actually think like it's not about okay I'm on Kickstarter now go look. It's like yeah. no six months before that or a year before that. Like hey I'm coming to Kickstarter. Hey I'm coming. Start building up your your email list and getting your web page set up and yeah you know making and, contacts and yeah yeah just sort of sort of building your audience there's there's there are a lot of uh there are a lot of resources out there to read about how to how to um build your audience um but well one one nice thing that uh, about kickstarter now that i i attribute to largely to the big companies bringing people in is that you know you can start out with like 20 friends and friends and family who've all pledged you know they'll say like i'll pledge on day one yeah and then if you get those people um, to do that, you know, you might get 200 others who are just around Kickstarter browsing and they, they see your project. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, don't rely on don't rely on Kickstarter to get you backers because you because you almost certainly fail. You need to get people to, to back day one. And then after that, you know, whatever happens, happens. So mm -hmm. that's that's the thing. <clears throat> get, right. get people looking at it. <clears throat> Cool. Now, do you ever find yourself getting, uh, you know, pulled into the hype of a new game? Like I, uh, I was just on the MFG cast. They had their 200th episode last week, uh, and we were talking about villainous a little bit. And and I don't know anything about the game specifically, but it looks like you've got you know some crossover market. It's a Disney theme thing, so you've got that aspect, and you've got you know the board game aspect, and you know maybe bring in some kids. You know, there's like a family thing, like oh, we play with kids because it's got Disney. Um, so do you ever find yourself, you know, like seeing stuff come across Twitter or coming out of Gen Con, you're like, oh, that looks really good. I should go get it. Um, I don't follow a lot of that buzz. Hmm. Um, so, so, but, but occasionally I'll see it. I will see an advertisement on Facebook and, uh, but I, I'm not sure how I saw the Trogdor game, but are you, are you familiar with the Trogdor game? Homestar Runner? No. No. Oh, okay. Well, it's, uh, it's based on this sort of web series around 2002 uh strong bad email which was hilarious for about a year and awesome <laughs> so they launched a kickstarter for the trogdor game and i saw i think I, I think i saw a facebook ad for that and i i saw that and i immediately went <gasps> oh and i had to go and look at it so um i'll be honest the game doesn't look very good <laughs> but it's got all the it's got all the nostalgia stuff from the from um, the original Trogdor back in the early 2000s. So I went and I went back that. <laughs> you did it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Get a, get a, get a player two out of it, have fun with the memories and you know, that'll be that. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I wonder about some of that stuff. Cause like I see, you know, I see a lot of things come across Twitter, you know, maybe through Facebook and, you know, maybe at a, at a meetup group or somebody will bring something to work and we'll play. Um, and I, it's always interesting to me because there's always, you know, so much hype about everything that's happening. And I'm like, ah, I don't know, like maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. I, I almost backed uh, Sagrada when it came out 
And then like at the last minute, I didn't pull the trigger. A guy at work brought it in and we were playing it and it's, it's pretty, you know, the components are nice. It's whatever. It's not, I don't, I don't love it. Like for me, it's not one that I would go out and buy myself. Like if, if someone, you know, if you brought it into work tomorrow, I would play it. I'm like, no, I don't want to play games. Forget it. Um, but it's one that's like, eh, you know, like as much hype as there is, it's just not. Yeah. That, that is one side effect of Kickstarter is that it's important for everything to look really good. Um, but not necessarily play really good. So, um, the, since the presentation is everything, people, it seems like a lot of, um, projects are, they, they put all their resources into sort of making it look amazing. And then the, the play has some flaw in it. That's, that's been my experience with a lot of Kickstarters. Not always. Um, but, um, you know, often that, that seems like a side effect because, you know, like I said, it's it's eighty percent presentation, maybe yeah. more. <laughs> and I, have you played Sagrada before? I haven't. Uh-uh. You haven't? Okay. And and I and I don't know that it's a fault of the game. Like I don't know that you know it, it doesn't play well. I just don't think it fits my mm-hmm. particular style. And I wonder whether or not that's you know uh, dice drafting. You know, in particular, like those you know, types of games wouldn't necessarily work for me. Like I do, I love an abstract game. Um, mm. and, and like I said, it, you know, maybe not, you know, a tremendous amount of theme there, but just like, you know, a two player abstract for me, it's like, oh, it's the best, like, like Onitama. Uh, I mean, you know, it's got a play of like 15 minutes on mm. to, we'll be like 40 minutes playing one game, just like yeah. working. You know, it's like chess, right? Work so many moves ahead. Like, it's just so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's the thing the, the biggest thing for me in a, um, in a Kickstarter, if I'm about to, to back is I, I need to watch how, how to play or no, I need to watch a playthrough video because then I'll, I'll know if it's the type of game I like. I, I just, I just got one recently that I sort of backed at the last minute and it was, I read it. I saw the art. It was cool. You know, guilty. I saw that, you know, look, look, look. <laughs> that's what people do. And then I, I read the theme real quick, and I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. And then it was only like $20, so so I backed it. And then it turned out to be a, a game with a lot of uh, take that, and basically game game based around take that mechanics, which I which I So it <laughs> wasn't my thing. So that's so from then on, you know, from from then on, it's just I gotta watch, I gotta gotta watch it, watch it played. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I do that too. I'll, I'll go up to, you know, Isla games and I'll go through the shelves. I'm like, Oh, that looks good. And I'll read the box. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know, maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. So immediately, you know, pull it up on, on YouTube or, you know, BGG, like, you know, what is this about? What are the mechanics? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a research board gamer. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that's a, that's a good idea. A very good idea. Well, you know, I mean, games aren't cheap necessarily. I mean, you know, you can spend upwards of, you know, a hundred bucks on a board game. Yeah. And you yeah. want to make sure it's like, I'm going to play this like a lot. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, you go up to a, you're in a game store, you go see this big game on the shelf, you lift it. And it's kind of, it's like, it's like, it's like seven pounds and it's, you hear the stuff inside, but you know, you gotta, you gotta make, you gotta make sure it's something you'll, you'll, you'll play for, you know, your hundred dollars or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I wound up picking up, um, the, the big box for Shogun, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's a min three and like, and it takes two hours and yeah. you know, we do a lot of gaming at work. So I'm like, well, I'm almost never going to play this. So I'm going to Maricopa con this weekend. So I'm like, I'll run it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I get to play it like once or twice a year. Yeah, I think I only played that game once, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Maybe twice. That's the one with the dice or the with the tower, right? Yeah, the the yeah. cube tower. Yeah, that's an interesting mechanic. Yeah, it's sort of that um, sort of that bag mechanic, except it's not really it's not a bag. It's just sort of how the how the cubes fall. Mm-hmm. Which it's just rough at a con though, right? Because you get so many people moving around, and variably somebody bumps the table. You're like, oh yeah. no! <laughs> and everyone, reinforcements fall out. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's fun though. It, it's it's a good. One. I played the video game. The, the I think it's. The Total War series, at least for oh, Shogun, I guess, yeah. is based on that. I still have it. I was playing it like three weeks ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was playing Shogun Total War or to- Total War Shogun 2 maybe two days ago. Oh, yeah. I love, 
Yeah, I'm still trying to beat it on legendary, which is the hardest level. <laughs> I, I haven't done that. I, I beat it on normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost beat it on legendary, but uh, all the other clans united against me, and I just sort of reached that point where they were just starting to push me back. So I gotta have to start over. But oh man, I love the, the total war games, especially mm -hmm. Shogun. Yeah, Shogun was my first, and then I got Medieval Total War. Played the crap out of that. My computer, the it won't play on that video card, so I haven't played it in years and years now. Yeah. And I tried downloading it uh, from uh, good old games or Steam or somebody had it, and I'm like, cool, I'll get it from there. It's an emulator. It should run. It still won't run. <laughs> Fuck you. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Warhammer Total War came out recently. And uh, that was that was my I was like oh it's Warhammer and it's Total War, but yeah my my computer's too old to to run it right now and I don't really feel like spending two thousand dollars because I don't don't play a lot of video games anymore. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed, but you know well still got still got Shogun. <laughs> you got the classic like yeah. that and like Icewind Dale or like Baldur's Gate, like, like once here, I got to bust it out, play it for, you know, maybe just two or three days or maybe a month. Like if I could, you know, scratch some time together and then it's like, all right, cool. I'm done. <laughs> That's all right. Well, yeah, that itch has been scratched and put it away for a while. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge video gamer, but like that's like civilization and you yeah. know, the total war games like that. That's all like right in my ballywick. Yeah, yeah, the, um, the single-player video games where you can just sort of play for you know half an hour or something. Those those seem like those are my kind of games. I, I don't I don't play many video games anymore either. Usually, when I play them, it's just you know I don't want to just chill for a little while, half an hour or so, or an hour. Mm -hmm. Well, now everything's on your phone. You can you know RPGs yeah. and shooters and <laughs> everything else. I figure if I'm going to put that kind of time in, I'd rather just play like an RPG, like yeah. get a yep. couple people together or, or you know, yeah, jump totally. online. Get, a, get up on a table, you know, or, you know, set the game up on a table and play with some people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, video gaming feels, I mean, there are people who play, um, you know, the, they all sit on the couch and play. But, you know, it's been a while since I've played video games like that. So, you know, board games seem like the more social thing and, Video games, the sort of solitary thing. Have you been able to suck anybody in that wouldn't wouldn't have been a board gamer if if it wasn't for you? That like just be like, hey, you know, you're out somewhere, or you're, you know, hey, bring a friend to game night kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, a few people. They they haven't turned into um, you know hardcore board gamers, but um, definitely got some people playing, especially martial art, especially playing that game. They'll, a lot of the people play video games, uh, love martial art. So yeah, I've been able to suck in some people that way. Cool. Very cool. You're ambassador. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I got a guy I work with. He's not, uh, he wasn't really a board gamer beforehand and we had been playing before he started. I'm like, Hey, well we like, you know, we do games at lunch. Like if you want to check it out. So he started playing with us and it's, it's hard for me. Cause like, I'm, you know, without the negative connotation, I'd like to think, uh, but I'm kind of an alpha gamer and that like, you know, it's you and me and, you know, hardcore strategy and I want to beat you. Uh, but it's like, you know, when we're teaching a game, I'm like, oh, don't like, okay, you can do that. Totally do that. But if you do this and this, like, it's going to be better for you. Oh, I might lose now, but you know, like it's no fun to bring somebody in and it's like, Oh shit, you lost again. That sucks. All right, let's set it up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, there, there's just, something mean, you can play video games and they you know they're, they, they're cool for what they do, but there's something about just holding the cards in your hand, moving pieces on a board and talking to people face to face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we play most stuff kind of, competitively even if it's not like uh one guy brought in azul he was like yeah you know it's kind of like laid back everybody's just sort of like doing their thing and like first game it's like oh fuck you here's eight reds you know like <laughs> so yeah it's 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 fun that's fun for me <laughs> yeah I, I i like games um the reason i don't like that's kind of the, one of the reasons i don't like take that games is because you can with if you don't have that take that mechanic you can sort of be really competitive without directly targeting anybody. So there's, there's not much feel bad when you, when you are playing competitively. 
Yeah, that's yeah. the sort of thing. Yeah, that, that that's just lets you you can you be you can be really competitive and interact with people without being you know directly uh, attacking somebody. I guess. Right. Right. They have, they have to have the right group of players for it. Like you, you know, like you wouldn't do it in a meetup group. Be like, hey, let's play this. <laughs> Watch uh, yeah, this. Everybody, there's there's some games where you know, uh, you gotta gotta be good friends with people to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Cool. All right. Is there anything else that you want to get at? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, anything going on? I don't think so. I'm just you know really excited about um, martial art. It's doing very, very well. Um, we'll we'll have more expansions coming too. I'm excited about those and the future games we've we've got planned. That's awesome. I am definitely looking forward to that. And you know, you guys could hit that that next stretch goal of 10 k. You got two weeks left, so everybody get out there and back early, back often. Order a couple of copies. <laughs> Tell your friends. Yeah, it's. I mean, the, the game is great. Um, we've played hundreds of literally hundreds of games and testing and we just never get tired of it. So I, I, I feel very confident that almost everyone will like this game. Mm-hmm. And, and it gives an interesting choice. Like you say, you play hundreds of games. I mean, we, it's, it's one of the ones that stays on our regular rotation and it, and it doesn't get old, right? Cause you play with different people. So they have different, you know, thought pattern. Like we usually just do two player, um, I, I don't know, it's just a way that it's worked out for us. Although I guess I'm going to have to pick up another, another deck so we can expand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and the art is beautiful. Um, it, it's definitely worth checking out and it plays and it's quick too. Like we do, uh, you know, a lot of gaming at lunch. So, you know, if you've got a short amount of time, shit, you could throw it in your, in your pocket, you could throw it in your, you know, in your purse. If you're sitting in line somewhere, Boom, you know, you bust it out. You could, you know, get a game in like 10 minutes. Like, I don't leave the house without a book. Uh, you know, it's a similar principle. You know, like, instead of taking zombie dice, you grab martial art, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a, just a deck of cards. Easy to transport and really, really fast to play. And uh, so the, the one of the big things for me is when I game is, is sort of the density of gaming. You know, it's okay if a game takes four hours, as long as I'm not waiting around doing nothing for three and a half of those hours, you know? Yeah. Um, and martial art is just constant. You know, it's 10 minutes of, you know, just basically constant tension. Right, right. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was joking while we were at the tournament that I needed a shot to, to steal my nerves while we were playing. Yeah. And the game you came back against Julian – it was what, like six to eleven or something, and you came back and won every single, you know, like the next three or four battles to win the game. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's weird, right? Because like we, I play with the same people all the time, so you kind of like get a feel for how they may play, or you know what they may think is more important or not important, or you know if they're going to play a support card or whatever. But you're playing with a completely different group of people like you have no information to make any kind of a judgment <laughs> yeah you don't know how they're going to play that you don't know if they're the more sort of deliberate player or, or more aggressive or you know are they going to go for that two-point land or are they going to play supplies you know you don't you don't know so yeah it's many many interesting decisions yeah definitely a lot of fun i'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to you guys maybe doing that at Rincon. then i think that'd be a lot of fun for for mm-hmm. people to jump in and be able to get to experience it you know pick up a copy be too late for the kickstarter but by then there should be like you know a pre-order button on the kickstarter page so people can get in late yeah yep definitely yeah i'll, I'll look into that see if we have enough interest to do a to do another tournament because that'd be like i said the last one was just a ton of fun mm-hmm. definitely definitely all right, cool. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, talking about uh, the martial art and, and battle battlegrounds, uh, battlefields. Jesus, we made all this time to get the name wrong. <laughs> but yeah, and, and thanks for putting on the, the tournament. And uh, that was that was definitely cool. I, I won Gangster Dice, so that was awesome. Thank you, sir. And two copies of the expansion. And two copies of the expansion, which which kind of I was going to throw my you know my money at the Kickstarter, so I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I won, but you know, no, it's, uh, I mean the the game's doing very well, so we're, we're very happy with that. Cool, definitely. Well, now I'm definitely going to have to pick up a second deck, so I have something to marry that second expansion to. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Oh, uh, thank you for having me.
Yep, absolutely. Uh, thank everybody for checking this out. Uh, if you don't know, we uh, roast our own coffee. I don't do it myself, but uh, Neil, uh, our game master for two of our uh, RPG games, uh, Fear Itself and Rogue Trader, uh, he has his own coffee business. So we have a Legends of Tabletop Brew. It's the legendary brew. Uh, there's a link in the show notes if you'd like to check that out. Or you could do tinyurl.com forward slash legendary brew. It's a medium roast. It's really good. Uh, it's what I drink. I have an order hopefully coming tomorrow because I'm almost out of coffee. I feel like I say that all the time when I'm on it on, on air, but I drink a shitload of coffee. So it's usually true. Uh, so please check that out. Uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes or, or Podchaser or whatever your podcatcher of choices it helps us out tremendously. So if you would be so inclined as to leave us a review, it would be most appreciated. Thanks for checking us out, and we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.